Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Really fun group chat on the uh, on the show today. Recorded this over on Relay with my good friends Marcus Brown, Tommy Runs, and Peter Bromka. Touched on two major topics with plenty of tangents. As we always do, those topics are Kira Damano setting an American record in the half marathon, the Gold Coast Marathon, half marathon down in Australia. Just an unbelievable performance by her. And we also just talked about running in the heat and humidity, generally speaking, because a lot of people are dealing with that. And it's definitely on my plate. Humidity and and, uh, dew point have been absolutely nuts here in Rhode Island and New England. And uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about that, but mostly about Kira D'Amato. So we'll get into that in a second. If you haven't checked out Relay, please do. It's over at patreon.com forward slash Relay. Also, before we get into the episode, I want to shout out our sponsor today. You can, not only the sponsor of this episode, but coincidentally enough, they also sponsor Kira D'Amato. Now, that was not that wasn't a uh, a planned symbiosis, but it is true. So if you haven't checked out You Can yet, please do. It's definitely gonna be worth your time and money. It's just some of the best mid-race pre-race, pre-run nutrition that you can get. There's no question about it. If you go to youcan.co forward slash rambling. You can get six energy gels for free. All you have to do is pay shipping. Six energy gels for free to try it out. Even if you have tried it, hey, here's here's six free gels. If you've never tried it before, they're absolutely fantastic. They go down so smooth. They don't have that lingering taste in your mouth. And uh, I just, they're my go-to. There's no question about it. Also, if you go to youcan.co and you're ready to buy something, if you use code rambling, you're going to save 20%. So go check that out today. Now, let's get into this group chat with me, Marcus, Tommy, and Peter. All right, it's July 3rd, 2023. Training Talk Live here on a Monday afternoon or morning, depending where you're uh, calling in from. I'm Matt Chittam. I'm here with Tommy Runs and Peter Bromka. Sarah Holquist is also here, a Relay member, and other people might be popping in as we go. So two main topics today we want to touch on, and as always, things come up on the call. Plenty of t- you know, tangents of, of plenty here. We, we probably come up with like some sort of tangent name on these yeah. things um, yeah. as well. Uh, so first thing is Kira D'Amato setting the American half marathon record over the weekend. Uh, flew all the way down to Australia to do it. And then uh, we also can talk about um, just running and training in the heat and humidity. The humidity has come in full force here in the Northeast, many other places as well. And my God, it takes a while. Anyway, let's talk about Kira first. Okay, so let me oh. just set the stage. She's down at the Gold Coast Marathon slash Half Marathon, and she ran a 106.39, which is an American record, as I just said. I'm going to try to bring up my screen here. I've never done that before, so bear with me. Present now. What am I doing here? Let's see here. The, which one do I do? This one. Here we go. I know, great audio here. Maybe walking through this. Okay, here we go. So this is the updated standings of the American women's half marathon times. You see right on top there, Kira Damano with 106.39. And this is interesting. So she she took it from Emily Sisson. She bested her time um, by you know 13 seconds. But if you look at the, the dates here on the right-hand side of the screen, you'll see while we've had a lot of, a lot of um, turnover here recently in this record, if you scroll down to number 13 on the list, that's Joan Benoit Samuelson ran a 108.34 in 1984. Mm-hmm. And that stood until 2000, was it 2006, when Dina Castor ran 107.34. So that record lasted a very long time. Dina, uh, yeah. Dina runs 107.34 in 06. Can you sort it by the dates? And What was that? Can you click the date thing and sort it? Maybe? Um, can I? No, I cannot. Okay, that'd have been smart. All right, that would that would have been nice. Been nice. Come on, World Athletics. Come on, come on. Get, get stop testing everyone for drugs and fix your website. <sighs> Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> April second, two thousand six. Dina Castor in Berlin runs a one hundred seven thirty four. So she is the I mean, Mike, we we have a whole separate podcast and just how amazing June Blake Samuelson was. Right, to, to, to lay that record down for so long. And then mm-hmm. Dina's record stands until Molly Huddle breaks it in 2018. So 12 years later, she breaks it in Houston, and Houston becomes the land where records are broken. Sarah Hall runs 
you know, better sit in 2022 in Houston to 107.15. And then Emily Sisson in Houston the following year, last or earlier this year, um, brings it down to 106.52. And then this weekend, Kira D'Amato, 106.39. Um, I think I don't I don't know quite where to start here with this. I'll just I'll just say first of all, um, Peter or Tommy um, or Marcus on the call now too. Um, whoever wants to jump in, um, it's just amazing to me that this these records stood for so long up until like the last two or three years because you know it's 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 uh it's just it's just incredible. You don't see this like how many records have been broken in in that interim time and you know to that extent I, I can actually bring up the the World Athletic um you know in terms of like the, the half marathon progression which has like you know these the half marathon world record has been consistently been broken since since in night since 1984 when joni um, um said it to, but um anyway it's, it's interesting so peter what was your first takeaway when you saw that she broke it oh man i just shook my head like i guess i'm i shouldn't be surprised but i was surprised um it's just a really impressive run, which we know she can do. She's very, very, very fast, which we know. Um, even for, she comes at the marathon from a speed direction. So, um, you know, as the 10 mile American record holder, I think I'm just surprised, like she's a pro athlete, but she wasn't doing much this winter because she was injured. So you're like, you know, it's just, I'm so used to lowering expectation when people are coming back from injury. You're just like, yeah, it's probably going to take a while. Um, she's got a marathon under her belt that will qualify her for the world championships. That's fine. Holy shit. What, what is that? It's a half marathon American record. Um, and I know at times, actually, I get a little bit lulled to sleep by how good her Strava workouts are. I mean, we, many of us follow for the hilarious headlines and all the jokes she drops in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you dig into the splits that she runs, and I mean, a couple of years ago now, she started, you know, hiring or teaming up with male pacers to like find people who could lead her out fast enough for how fast she was going. But like, she'll routinely run, you know, mile repeats on a bike path and just rip them. So you're like, okay, the speed is there. And then she is coached by Scott Roscoe, who was Alan Webb's coach. And many people who I know who know him speak so highly of him as, you know, like it's easy to, I always, you know, we always like to say there's no magic workouts. There's like all the, everyone knows the same basic principle, but man, if you can have a savant as a coach who has coached multiple American records from the mile to the marathon, like maybe there is an extra one or 3% in the magic there. Maybe. Um, so I think we should not, I should stop being surprised by this stuff, but it's pretty awesome. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like surprised, but I mean, I was just like really happy that she, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, how can you be surprised? I mean, she's like kind of surprised us before a few different times. So I was like, forget it. Let's just not be surprised and go, oh yeah, God, great. Um, she really did kind of like low key it though. Like she didn't, you know, like there was no big, like I'm going here to do this or whatever. Yeah. And, and she, I think she kind of like did it like, well, she didn't, wasn't planning on it maybe, but there's no way that she'd go out like that and then just like, grind through that without like having some intention of maybe getting ready yeah. to it. I was just looking at her splits on Strava. I could I could share this. I mean she goes out and one of super completely yeah. like flat across the board. That's yeah, Strava. Yeah. That's Strava graph. Definitely got no. I've had a I've had the pleasure of like seeing her in person do it I, this is where I was gonna ask Tommy thank you for jumping into this because because you have spent time with her and Tony and I, I wanted yeah. to get your your personal take on on some of this. Yeah, so yeah, Tony. Yeah, let, let's let's not even get into to the Tony's D'Amato vibe, because um, it's hilarious. And the fact that he went out after like a full dinner and then ran a sub sixty, uh, like four hundred, is wild to me. Um, yeah, but like I, I had the pleasure of of like watching her do a workout, and it was a really really heavy heavy workout. And and I met Scott, um, and I oh, just. Nice the dynamic was just crazy. And I've never, I just, it changed my whole like vibe of like how a workout should be done. Cause like, I mean, she was grinding. Like it was like a two mile or by a one mile and then a 800 and they were all progressively faster. It was crazy. So like, I'm not surprised to see her just, I'm surprised at, I mean, she's not, she's not, I'm not saying she's old cause I think I'm older than her, but like the age that she's just like progressively just going after it is super impressive and like inspiring. 
Well, if you look at the people who have set the record recently, they've all they're all in the same cohort yeah. from an age perspective, right? So you have let me just bring up this. Other, I mean, well, I won't share it this time. Emily Sisson's thirty three, yeah, except for Emily. But like, um, but let me see here. Kira was born October nineteen eighty four. Sarah Hall was born April nineteen eighty three. Molly mm -hmm. Huddle was born August nineteen eighty four. That's dope. So those were three of the last four people to have the record, That's and dope. they're all born within a year of each other. I can't wait to see what what the marathon looks like in Budapest, man. Right? No, absolutely. We can definitely start talking about that. I would say when I first again, I I was I I do talk to Kara on occasion. I had not talked to her about this race when I did see that she was going to Australia. I was like, they must be giving her a really nice sign, really nice like, you know, like signing bonus, not signing bonus, but like you know, an appearance, appearance fee. Yeah. yeah, a really nice appearance fee to be flying, you know, halfway across the world to raise a half marathon. Like, how many half marathons is she flying over? Right. You know, to get to get to the Australian half marathon, yeah, yeah. Um, especially for one where if she had visions of grandeur there, like, wow, like that's a long way to go. You're introducing a ton of variables into the, into the, the equation that you don't necessarily have to do. So I just not like there's anything wrong with that, but I was like, all right, like this obviously is going to be a pretty nice payday for her. Visiting Australia isn't the worst thing in the world, but flying for, you know, what eight, an 18 hour flight or whatever, like to get there, 14 hour time zone change. It was a lot. It was a lot. a lot. Oh man. Did you see her post about her daughter? It was like, yeah, no, in the heart. She said that like it's the week started off with her daughter saying like I'm kind of sad you're going to be gone for so long. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, yeah. But then she was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm I got to go after it. Yeah. Grass tax, let's go for it. It's not like a vacation if I'm going to mm. be gone for so long, which I think you know we all know if like there's trade offs. So she's a real one for sure. Um, she's just so down to earth, and you are able to understand where she's coming from even if you can't let me look again close your last third of a mile four, in four nineteen pace 14. aka what are we talking about aka how fast people at the top of their game run the 1500 or the, it's like the, the, that that's like that's a per mile pace well like the top top milers in the women's field would run right like she was she's kicking yeah. at the same pace that like an olympic mile field is kicking and dude at the at the end of a 5k at the end of a 5k I song, she says yeah but so i at the end of a 5k i couldn't jump out i couldn't skydive that fast <laughs> marcus you've you've traveled plenty to run races right you come over you come over to the states you 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 board the flights you come over put us put this into perspective just from a like logistics standpoint trying to be at your best despite managing all of the the things that go along just with the travel and being there from the time zone perspective and being able to lay it on the line there's no way i can compare myself to such a great athlete but i think is she flying west though from the west coast to australia yes. so technically it probably won't be as bad as her traveling east um so i'll probably say that hasn't been a massive factor and probably she's had enough time to acclimatize and stuff whereas when i did tokyo I did it the completely wrong way. I just didn't give myself enough time pre-race. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, you can you can make it work. So, uh, but like everyone's been saying, though, like it's not a surprise at how well she did when I mean, she's been doing the work prior. So, um, but yeah, looking at some of those splits, I was like, geez, <laughs> they were proper tasty. I was like, oh my God. I was like, like you said, Tom, I was like, if I was being chased my life, I just don't think I could run that last bit as fast like <laughs> and there's some good video of her turning that corner heading into the straight and just like ripping that corner it was mad yeah it was mad yeah no i mean honestly like i think that like i mean i just gotta be real here like i could go if i ran like a half marathon at like 85 percent or 80 85 percent right i could not <laughs> kick like that if a million dollars was sitting there waiting for me, like, I don't, I'd try my best, but there's no way that I could speed up that much at that point. I don't think it is incredible. It's incredible. I love it. Is, is, we could do like a version of this. That's almost like the Kipchoge treadmill that you yeah. see at like those marathon expos, but it's like, instead of before the race at the expo, it's yeah, after the race at the yeah. finish line, They're like, okay, now try to kick like Kira D'Amato, like at, right after you cross the finish line. Yeah. Just do a normal long run and then try to kick. Yeah. <laughs> Bouncing off the back. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean it's it's bonkers. Okay, congrats, um, congrats to her. 
I'm, this all, I, I guess, plays play, into the. You could downplay it and be like, "Hey, congrats to Kira D'Amato on uh, running a PR." <laughs> yeah. Way to, way to go. Good job. No one's gonna want to be close to her at the end of the race uh, in February. No. Down in Orlando, it's like get try to get away from her over and over again. Well, I yeah. feel like, we, and we've talked about this before. I feel like I was the one who brought it up, but like, I love to normalize like people going after the, the half marathon record, like racing that more. I think part of the reason we haven't seen like a lot of people eclipsing past American records in part was because a lot of people weren't viewing it as their A race, right? Oh, yeah. Not to say like the oh, record was soft. Right. People who set them were obviously fantastic athletes, but like to go 30 years without breaking that record, like that is an abnormally long time in any individual racing event, whether it's running or swimming or whatever, like you just don't see that. And I think a lot of that has to go into the people don't view the half marathon as their a race necessarily. It's more of like that stepping stone race. Like, Hey, I'm running Houston before I run Boston or I'm running Houston before the Olympic trials and, you know, stuff like that. Um, obviously like, you know, when Emily and, and Kira did it here, like they're ready to rip it. But like, even like Kira right now, like obviously like she's building towards the world championships. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the A race. It's not like, hey, I'm gonna take three swings to the half marathon in the fall. So I want to see if I can get a one get under 104 or something. Right. So I would I would love to see more of that personally. Because I think it's a fun race to view, right? We're talking about like I think it's a, it's a very viewer friendly time range, too. I don't know. Yeah. I've been a long proponent of renaming it. I just think the name the name like, kills it. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be like, here's Matt and here's Half Matt, you'd be like, half <laughs> Matt brothers always referenced in relation to him. My like, family's oh, screaming, like my family's screaming in the chat. You're getting half Matt right now. Like, oh, are you are you doing the full? No, I'm just doing the half. I'm doing yeah, the everyone's, half. I'm just doing the half. That's like the most common phrase in endurance running. My, like, yeah, exactly. Throw something else out there though. Like, the day after she did this, this thing, she ran oh. 18.6 miles. I know. I up, the, up, and, up and down the gold the gold coast at 728 pace. I don't I want to say this like judiciously. Whenever you set American records, there are going to be people who think you're doping. That just feels like yeah. matter of the course. There, there yeah. are anytime anytime any endurance athlete breaks a record. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. But then by the nature of being able to set those records, you're able to do things that I'm like, oh man, like, oh, yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like I mean, it would make me feel better if some of these people were doing if I found out they're yeah, doping. Right. It's just it's so demoralizing. Yeah, like, there's no way but, that I'm doing in 18 miles the next day. What about, like, yeah, what about it? We should text her, like, hey, I don't know if you know, you're totally allowed to, like, take a chill day. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Just like a gimme five miler. Like, she's uh, probably been she's probably been on a plane for the last twenty four hours, and then she's probably gonna like run home from the airport. That me, that's what she should have written in like her joke for the world record. It's like tapering for my eighteen miler tomorrow. Oh my god! <laughs> that everyone so bad. That would just be mean. That would just be mean. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so that was that was incredible. Um, I will say, I think we um the world record here in case anyone was curious. Cause I know I was. So the world record was set in October, 2021. Yeah. Um, 102.52. What was right. that by, um, Latessa and bet? Um, I am going to, yeah, let's have some Good day. Yeah. And it looks like, and she had <clears throat> basically the, the preceding, record only lasted for two months so someone ran 130 103.44 and she bested that by almost a minute gal yeah she was gal gal something it was like uh i know I, I can see her face and then yeah but then also kira though just to think about it too like the, the t she ran the the what the was it the baa 10k a couple weeks ago, or yeah. did she run the she really mini? likes to race? She did she run the mini? No, I think she ran the mini. I, the, mini. the mini. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't like the best performance either. Like, so it wasn't like, oh, you know, it's like she crushed it or whatever. I mean, she ran oh, yeah. well, but you know, and then maybe she was like, oh, always had this in her sights. Like, I'm not gonna go, you know, leave it all here. I'm going to the oh, Gold man. Coast. 
Hey folks, are you tired of the spike and crash and GI distress that comes with sugar-based sports nutrition? Well, it's time to give UCAN a try. UCAN energy, energy powders, gels, and bars utilize steady-release carbs instead of sugar so you don't feel the highs and lows in energy. I use a scoop of UCAN powder every single morning as part of my breakfast. Also, the Edge Energy Gels. Oh my gosh, they are the best. They have that consistent fuel. They also taste fantastic, and they're almost like a liquid gel. They go down so smooth without any lingering aftertaste in your mouth. The top marathoners in the U.S., Emily Sisson, Kira D'Amato, Sarah Hall, Emma Bates, all rely on UCAN to fuel their training and their racing. Emma fueled her fifth place finish at Boston with one Edge Energy Gel every 5K and felt strong throughout the race without experiencing any GI distress. UCAN's award-winning Edge Energy Gels just last longer than other gels and provides a more consistent feeling of energy, all with zero sugar. Here's your chance, because UCAN is offering Rambling Runner listeners an exclusive chance to try six energy samples for free. So six energy gel edge samples for free. All you pay is the shipping cost. Head over to UCAN.co forward slash rambling to, to claim this exclusive offer. That link is in the show notes. That's UCAN.co forward slash rambling for the edge energy gel offer. Also, if you're already a fan of UCAN and you just want to save 20% on all their products, then just use ramble, code rambling at checkout to do just that. Well, that's a good question. Well, it's like, I don't know. I feel like from someone like that, I mean, if she can run 18 miles a day after setting a historic performance in the half marathon, I would think that, that like a hard 10K isn't going to be like, she would need like a month to recover. That was only no, seven, no. That was on only 738 pace though, Matt. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's who's, push, who's who, basically at that pace, like who's pushing the wheelchair? I mean, that's, that's, so like, that's, that's like me running like a 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone else want to weigh in here? On the amazing Kira D'Amato before we uh, move to the next. So run, running in the heat and humidity for us mere mortals. I would say, though, it's quite, I don't know if you covered this already, but it's quite interesting that the race was in Australia. I, I know it's not the, yeah. the race for uh, the World Marathon Majors that they're looking at doing, but I think it's a really good sort of uh, move probably for them, a publicity move, and just Australia generally, just to get races in other parts of the world and get people thinking, oh, maybe I'll race in Australia. Actually, Marcus, I want to ask you a question here. You know, obviously it's for us here in the States, this was certainly major news, the top news in the running world over the weekend. As someone who doesn't live in the States, how was like how how did you receive this news? Like how like guess how available was, was the news that she broke this record? Or was it something that you like had to happen upon or find out about on your own? Um, I didn't have to like search for days to trawl through the internet type thing, but like obviously in the UK it's not as as big. But you know the running community do support. Um, it was on you know most of the running channels, most on Instagram. Oh, so okay. I knew. But also like I had a, a friend that actually ran the marathon the day afterwards, so I was following it anyway. So I guess for the people that are kind of into it, they would probably know. Right, right. I always wonder like yeah. the, the the country records how it gets you know, yeah, perceived yeah, by mean, other countries, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really standard. Like, we're going to obviously cheer our own. We're going to be following our own, but obviously we're going to support others. But, like, we're not going to cheer as hard as, say, you guys will. Right, so you're not going to be on the yeah. BBC talking about her American record. Yeah, you're not going to be seeing that, no. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right. Um, yeah, but she was everywhere. I had someone uh, yeah, who I was talking yeah. to, they are like, I don't remember Emily Sisson getting all this coverage when she broke it. Um... But you know, Kara, you know, she is she is first of all a great interview, and she's been yeah. kind of because of the, the marathon record before she's kind of I think a lot of the channels, a lot of the, the, the national mainstream media know about her in a way that mm -hmm. she doesn't need mm -hmm. as much of an introduction to their audience as mm -hmm. maybe someone who is not quite on the national scene. Yeah. So all right. Let's talk. Oh, yeah, I agree with you, Misty. It is an exciting time. To be a female runner for sure. Um, you know, we did we did have like a road a road 50k have her square off against uh what's it called? Um Courtney DeWalter for all the marbles. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, the these, these stories get like the more practice the marketers get, the better. I'm friends and I were pretty peeved at Nike running for taking like two weeks to highlight cure american record in the marathon when it went down a couple years ago and then 
it looks like Nike running put up a post about Kira, a stock image from, that they had of her, you know, the next day. So like people are, it helps when stuff doesn't come out of the left field and you're like, okay. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, somebody was like hovering over. As soon as she closed, like, eh, get it off. That would be great if it was a schedule. it was like a scheduled post. They just right. were really yeah. confident. And yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, make sure you cancel that. Yeah, like <laughs> when, like when, a, when guaranteed. A, like when a team loses in the NBA finals, they just like oh. send the shirts off somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm never, I'm never gonna give up my Buffalo Bills Super Bowl winner hat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. All right. So I don't know where about where you guys are living. Um, dew point 71 today here in Rhode Island. Humidity, just nasty. I, as soon as I walked outside, it was 6.03 in the morning, and I felt like I was walking into a rainforest. It was, like, insane. I was sweating profusely before I, before I even, like, left my street. And it, I was like, all right, I got to talk about this on Training Talk Live because I figure out how other people deal with this issue. Right? I think we all have different things, and I can talk about some of, like, the – the tips and tricks I try to use to varying success. Um, but this is something that affects a lot of people, certainly depending where you live, maybe more than others. But my God, it really, it really throws me for a loop. And it surprises me every time, every year. Like, I'm like, I've lived in Rhode Island my whole life. I shouldn't be surprised by the weather. And that every year I feel like I know what's coming. I have a good sense of it. And then bam, it's so much worse than I imagined. It's so much worse than I remember. And it's like, it's hard not to take it personally when you look at your watch afterwards and you're like, my heart rate was where for what pace. And now I feel like how bad after like two hours after I finished my run. Anyway, I want to just open up to see again, whether it's, you know, Tommy, Marcus or Peter or anyone else on the call, if anyone else has like their own little, like either funny stories about running in these kinds of conditions or ways that they try to alleviate the weather in their own, in their own, own way. Oh. Well, Peter runs really fast in, in the, uh, in, in, in the weather. So you go ahead first, Peter. Hey, at this point, oh, like, it creates like a drift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so yeah, Peter, Peter actually just slices through the humidity. Oh, God. doesn't necessarily feel it. Oh, so it's like I, a, he creates a wake? Yeah, no. So, you know how, like, you know how Enios, Enios uh, 159 challenge, they did the wind tunnel and all that stuff, and then they found out oh, yeah. that the Y shape, and blah, 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 blah. it's almost <laughs> like Kipchoge's running with no drags at all. So, he's like right in the middle of this nice little tunnel. If you are able to, it's going to be tough. Get yourself like a scooter or something like that, motorized. If you can get right behind Peter, it's probably the coolest place on earth. There is no humidity. That's the, that's no the dream. Yeah, that's how I imagine it. No. It might not even be gravity. You might oh, need man. like a jacket from like gloves behind Peter. Yeah. It, might be, it might be that void <laughs> of that like oxygen. Polar turbulence. Yeah, it's like uh-huh. being in space. Yeah. I, uh, I hate to break it to you when i come to the east coast in the summer we go to rhode island like it's the few times a year when i call my wife and i'm like you're just any chance you could you could leave the house sometime i'm like camped out under a random tree on the side of the road because like my heart my chest hurts <laughs> is it a ch- anyway she's like how far are you away i'm like i'm two miles away from home <laughs> I'll, I'll just wait until you can pick me up um so i don't know what to tell you but um matt the Thing that's so much demoralizing for me on the east coast is it's not that you can get up in july and august like the earlier you get up it's almost worse so like i can set my alarm super early on the east coast and i'm just like well there's i'm not even really beating anything not beating the heat to get out the door so it's like i mean yes some of the solar temperature but uh yeah when your phone like i can't work my phone because there's too much humidity or sweat so then like the screen doesn't work and then my and, and you can't wipe it off on your clothes because they're soaking yeah, wet your, your phone it has wet. basically no use whatsoever after mile one you, you can't do like anything the, with it. the sign is you should probably not be out running like maybe you should be inside um yeah i have a lot of respect for the people who train for berlin and say like okay i'm gonna i'm to adjust your pace expectations and your ego, like through August. About training for Berlin right now. Yeah. This is training talk live. It's more this demoralizing. This is not how I want to start off Monday. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, well, my big thing in 2020, uh, the summer of 2020, I ran around Portland and I was like, well, I'm not going to touch those 
uh, public drinking fountains because I was just like, who knows anything? And so I had this vision three years ago of like never again using these public drinking fountains around the city. And so uh, yesterday when I ran around town, I was uh, really enjoying the fact that, you know, I've like re-embraced just drinking from where dogs probably drink out of like, you know, just I'm like, whatever, mm -hmm. I'm getting hot. Let's do this. So that's all. No, no magic answers for me, but I think, I think, I think I, I think I'm lucky um, or something like, I don't, I mean, I, I mean, definitely get hot and I complain and all that, but um, I don't get, I don't have that much of an issue with running in the heat. Um, I mean, at to a certain point, like running a, like a consistent, like near threshold pace, then, then it gets, obviously gets a little wild, but like, a lot of the runs are like workouts and things I don't seem to have a big issue with in the heat. Um, so I, I think I kind of got lucky with that. Um, but then that's also a bad thing though, too, because like I'll line up for a race and it's like 72 degrees in the morning and I'll be like, this is fine. And then eight miles later, I'm like dying. So um, for like normal runs, easy runs, stuff like that, like I'm actually okay, but I try my best to like extra hydrate, you know, obviously because you don't think about it, like, but you definitely need to hydrate it, you know, more than you normally would, obviously just stay consistent. Don't like do like I used to do, like drink a bunch of water, like right before, like that doesn't really help you like stay hydrated throughout the day. Um, and then, you know, like take, I mean, I don't know what like the nutritional facts are and all that stuff, but sometimes like I'll take like salt tablets or whatever, um, sodium tablets or whatever, just to like correct some of it, you know, because there's no, you know, you want to get your run in and there's no point in like, risking any, you know, having any issues. So I just do that just in case. Um, and then just be smart though. Like sometimes you got to pull the plug, I guess, you know? Yeah. I, for me, I've noticed that my heart rate basically goes up like eight to 10 beats a minute. Once I'm like a mile and a half in, right? Mm -hmm. So once I'm like, once my heart rate has kind of like settled at its normal zone, that zone per like, so they say, say the pace for it to stay consistent is usually eight to 10 beats per minute. Like today is a great example. I was running 915 to 925 pace. Normally for me, that's like 138 to 140 heart rate. Today it was like 150 to 152 heart rate. And it was like, I was perfectly rested. I was coming off a rest day. I was, there were no, there were extraneous factors, right? I slept well. And it was like, wow, like that's, that's significant. Right. And, you know, so I, so obviously you have to kind of plan that out. Obviously easing into it's a big deal, right? Because once the heart rate goes up, it's hard to bring it back down on these, on these warmer days. Does anybody alter what they do? Hiding out under a tree. Cause I or, definitely hid out under a tree to be like. Calling calling people heart. for a ride. Like that's, that's just like, that's like the worst anecdote I've ever heard. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but does anyone change up how they do their workouts? Right. So for, for an example, like maybe like I know for some of my athletes, like what I'll do is like I probably cut down on some of like the jogging recoveries and make them more walking recoveries in the summer. You know, it's just a way of like trying to mitigating, trying to mitigate some of the heart rate drift and things like that. Uh, does anyone do things differently? Maybe like you're doing more speed stuff, quicker speed stuff versus like longer threshold stuff where like, again, the cardiac drift can really be exacerbated, you know, like Matt, the second thing like a threshold workout. Yeah. yeah, he answered the question. <laughs> you I would say though, like to answer to take a step back, I think it you need to figure out there's a couple of steps before. So like uh how long have you taken to acclimatize to that weather? So for example, I was talking to Peter about this a while back. I had a half marathon and it happened to be the hottest day of the year. But I hadn't run in that any you know any temperatures of that nature at that time. So I was just like, look, I'm not going to run this race because I know I'm going to blow up. And I think it takes you a couple of weeks to acclimatize to it. So if you get to used to it, then you can sort of then start approaching the workouts differently. But you need to really sort of take it on a day by day basis. I think you can't, you know, sometimes you do have to adjust the workouts and just sort of see what's possible. There's no point if it's like super humid like tomorrow, but you've not run in that like the last two weeks to say do the same workout because you're just gonna blow up think you suck you're gonna go on strava crying going it was the worst run in the world <laughs> it's just me it's like no <laughs> not just you it will yeah. it will affect us all equally it so, turns um, out yeah. i'm horrible it's all over yeah. i'd like to announce my retirement from the sport um that's absolutely true i mean it's true throughout the spring right like that's what makes spring races so hard is 
the weather is increasing, temperatures increasing throughout the spring and wherever we're coming from. The classic thing is you go to Boston and it's a little bit warm and you know, everyone from one region like New York City will be like, it hasn't even gotten warm in New York. Of course, we all blew up. Like, I haven't had any days to acclimatize. And it's true. You're like, so, I mean, after you see that year after year, you start to say like, okay, could we, are there methods like overdressing and like to try to acclimatize if you know your A race is likely to be warmer than you expect. Matt, to go to like the, I really, I go to the East Coast for a few weeks to see my in-laws um, and I, have tried to like identify shaded areas that I could work <laughs> out hard on. Um, so there's a rail trail in New Hampshire that is like used to be a you know railroad track through the forest, and now it's a gravel road. And even though it undulates, like it's pretty shaded, and that like minus the solar heat uh, is definitely. I think what I would say is that I've learned the hard way because I'm like, oh come on, like I'll go wherever, and then I'm like phoning a friend, and I've like cracked. I tend to be like it'd be a big hassle if I changed my route or have to bring hydration. Um, and then you learn the hard way, the rambling runner virtual marathon in 2020, I was like, it just seems like fussy to bring fluids on this marathon. Like I just don't want to be a hassle. And it just like, by the end, by the last five, 10 K of that marathon, I was, you know, it's, it's early 20, 20 and everyone's trying to give each other distance and like be respectful. And I'm just like blacked out, like blurry eyed, like trying to kick home this marathon as I'm getting dehydrated. So like, it's good to, I think, take it seriously and be like, could I go through the hassle of dropping a water bottle somewhere? Or like, could I take the extra time to set myself up for success? And I think some, I think sometimes like random, it, it almost appears as if I wasn't listening to you, Peter, because I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think some like I think sometimes like inadvertently, I I think I overdress sometimes for like I'll have like, you know, like I'll have like a shirt that probably everybody's like, why are you wearing a shirt? But it's, a, it's something that I can like get rid of as I run. Mm -hmm. You know, there's I think like being able to cool down while you're because like if you come perfectly like for the weather and you're just hot from the beginning there is no reprieve so like sometimes like i'll yeah. trick myself and wear something that like i know i'm gonna have to get rid of or take you know whatever and then i shed a layer and it's like oh okay cool you're like a little light a little cooler so maybe it's like a mental game but um i don't know if this is like a i don't know if that'd be um advisable for everyone but hey you know you never know yeah for sure i think for long runs in the summer what i often do peter this this touches on what you talked about is that i'll run more like looped routes yeah. right so like a three to five mile loop so that i can come back again and again to like either my car or like my house to like pick up stuff right so i'm just not like you know two water bottles just won't, might not be enough you know i got my two handhelds but like i might need a third and i i hate the best yeah i just i hate them um so oftentimes i'll do that to the, the loop the loop route just so that i don't feel like i'm running low or i have to ration my uh my water or like you know high uh, electrolyte uptake yeah i was writing about this recently about how as i got more serious in the marathon before i got serious we would do these late early september runs and one young guy came on and he's like how do you guys think about hydration and i was like oh we try not to and he's like, thanks, man. Like, that's really helpful. Yeah, and then I would, I've written about, like, I would go out on those runs and just like bonk my face off. I would just be like, okay, I have six miles to go. And my world is becoming like a narrow pinhole. And, and then, yeah, you're like, it's less chill to run four or five mile loops. Like, it's just not as adventurous or like as easygoing. You're like, I mean, you don't want, I don't particularly like being the guy who's like, hey guys, the dew point seems like it's gonna be a little high. Do you think we could do a less exciting route? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm game for anything. And then you learn from experience and you're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> this is depressing. <laughs> I remember as a kid, like I think like, I was the kid who like had to jump out of my dad's car to like hide the water bottle. So he would drive around like the night oh. before or like first thing in the morning, be like, all right, here's the route. Because before, like, you know, map my running all this stuff. Like, you mapped your route uh, via car, right? So this was, like, when I was in middle right. school. So, like, we'd, like, map out. So I'm, like, I'm water bottle guy. So I'm, like, he's oh, pulling man, the side you're... of the road. 
I'm Ooh. hiding the water bottle behind a bush or something so he can go get it later. And then occasionally he was like, where do you hide that water bottle? I couldn't find it. Right. Those were all the vibes. Aaron Azar, I am space cadet, often posts about her water bottles. And I'm always like, you know, if Aaron can do it, I should do it. Like she, she's treating herself right. She goes out and she hides like real water bottles. They look like water bottles. She's not even going to pick up and jog with like real uh, insulated Oh yeah, that's thing. My dad would put them back down. So we have to go get them after the run. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like he was like running with this collection of water bottles coming home. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, hey, I got check me out. I got six water bottles you know, coming down the street. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So Missy, would you you got something along this topic too? Well, I was just gonna say that I um, started running when I lived in Houston, and then I moved to Oklahoma. So I've never run in like you know good summer temperatures. Not that. I got married on Long Island, and so I know it gets hot there. Like you, I think I would think growing up in Oklahoma, oh, Long Island's probably not very hot. But we got married July twenty second in on Long Island, and I remember sweating my ass off that day. So I know it definitely gets hot and humid on the island. But um, I was going to say on the water bottle thing, I've had two expensive handhelds stolen by like sitting them down somewhere, and so I just run with like a throw away water bottle and I just toss it somewhere and just remember like, you know, location wise where I put it and then come back and, you know, those have never been gone. <laughs> Believe it or not. No one oh. steals them. <laughs> hmm. I've been running into my Morton water bottles being gone when I come back, which is like a double whammy for me because yeah, it's gone and you don't get to use it again. And then I think that person thinks I'm littering. I'm like, I go back for it and you know, we'll see these people and I'm then I'll pick one up off my car and drink and throw it. I want to find those people and be like, I wasn't I was going to come back. Like, come on. It's actually no, all the same person. He's just he's just like he's Scrooge McDucking in Morton water bottles in his house. No, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, sweet. Another Morton water bottle. <laughs> Who do always find these Morton water bottles on this route? Missed it's like, yeah, try. yeah, it's like somebody that lives near a golf course that like has all the golf balls like in their garage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, one of the classic New England races is one fairly near me is the Blessing of the Fleet 10 miler. So it's the last Friday in July every year. So it's always a great crowd. Some really good runners will run it. You know, there's a a whole host of people that will break an hour. And it's always like, and it's at 6 p.m. at night. Okay. So it's always one of two things it's either oppressive weather conditions or it's like, Florida torrential rain. We've all yeah. probably been like one of those Florida rainstorms comes out of nowhere and it feels like it's like raining so hard it's going to like pierce like the windshield on your car. It's like one of those two, right? So it's like I'm trying to plan for like, all right, how am I going to handle this race if it's like just that nasty heat? Like what what's my 10 mile pace adjusted for? Like, you know, I'm sweating profusely before the gun goes off. Right. I'm like, is that marathon pace? For 10 miles, what, what what kind of pace is this going to be? So I'm like asking my friends, they're like, I don't know, dude. Like, how am I going to pace this out? Because I feel like I'm running, like my, my heart rate is going to be like in the 180s. And I'm going to be like, but I'm running like under my aerobic threshold. How is my heart rate going so high? And it's no good. Yeah. I also, I mean, I love running. But some of those evenings when the weather's like that, I feel like the world is telling you you should be sitting on a screened-in porch with a friend just like having a conversation just it's like the best time to just be hanging out you're like nope gotta go run an organized foot race because that's that sounds like loser talk to me peter i know i'm not gonna would be really pissed if he (laughs) but has david goggins ever sat with a friend on an open on a screened in porch and had a nice tea he should try it sometime i mean if he if he did if he did it would be the most extreme tea that you could have you know (laughs) Yeah, it'd be slamming. And the porch would be on top of a mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do it at like 12,000 feet. Um, but yeah, so like I, I just think about the my, my, my heat running, ex- my whatever running experiences. So New York last year uh, was a really was a really hot day. And not trying to name drop here, but it just makes more sense. And it's a better story if I t- say it. So I was talking to Meb, the guy who won, yeah. who won Boston in, in what, 2014. Um, and he was saying like, Hey, if you, you know, when you're out there and you get hot, put water or put ice on the insides of your wrists, specifically on the insides of your wrists or, um, on the back of your neck. And 
the back of the neck thing was like kind of like oh that's kind of obvious and it kind of helped a little bit but when i tell you like when i when i grabbed this thing of ice and rubbed it on the insides of my wrist i could almost feel like my the body my body temperature change like almost instant so just Try that out next time. So and, you right, have like wristbands on? Like how are you putting the ice on it? No, like just like literally like, I mean, you're running and you're, you know, you got the ice bag because they were just passing out bags of ice and stuff like that. And I just kind of held it there for a little bit and just, yeah, maybe it's like, because a lot of blood's flowing through your hands and circulating and it just cools the, it just cools you down. It's really weird. Tell me, did you not say what you said earlier to Meb? Like you said, I don't feel the heat type thing. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I, yeah, but like I, I said, I was like, yeah, My this body's was adapted. When he was I giving got, me, I got this, man. I got this. When he was giving me advice, I kind of like rolled my eyes a little bit, and he was like, he's like, I know you got it. I know you got it. Um, I probably don't know. He felt he started like kind of really like unsure about himself, which is like, like, man, just tell me what you gotta say. And then he said the ice thing, and I'm like, fine, fine, I'll try it out, maybe, you know. And then yeah. just, I mean, I didn't need it. I just tried it. Just, was this when he was asking you for your autograph or what was the context? No, no, we, we had, we been, I gave him an autograph so long ago. Like that was like, that was this, now we're just pals, you know? And it was like, it was at that moment when we were just talking and I could tell he had something to ask and say. And I'm like, man, just spit it out. What's up? You know? Oh my God, that's great. All right, we got to get going in a second. Does anyone else want to say anything before we do? I appreciate everyone coming on Monday before 4th of July. It's always, it's always like a really weird, really weird day of the week in between a holiday and a weekend. All right. If not, um, I will say, Peter, we have to figure out how we're going to do our little, little challenge when you come to Rhode Island. We're going to have a race, oh, a challenge race of some kind. I'm dreading this more than most things I do because um, I'm imagining it. The weather's horrible. I haven't acclimated. I typically will jog by a local high school on the route and it looks just like a cauldron of fire. It's like a blue track that is just like holding the heat. It has like a Middletown high school, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, wow. I don't. Uh, someone else might do a track work out there. I'm definitely not going to do that. But now Chitty wants to get me going on a four lap all out burner. Yeah, wherever okay. this is what I'm thinking, Tommy. I'll run this by you. You always come up with good ideas. Oh, I got good ideas. Let's Handicap go. race. I was thinking Peter runs a mile and I run three laps, and that would be roughly the same in terms of fitness level. But I'm open to other ideas. Okay, how about yes? I agree with you, right? But because because Peter is so good in the heat. Remember that. You, I think that he should be required to wear a long sleeve shirt. Does it have to be a certain kind, right? There's some people who wear long sleeve shirts, like for bad work, because oh, yeah. they're like, "Oh, sun reflective. This is actually helping me." Does it you have get to be to bring like the cotton tea? Yeah. No, no, we're not, we're, not, we're not trying to. We're not trying to kill the poor guy. Um, just something like Matt. You're 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 the one that picks. You gotta be be somewhat, you know, don't be a, a, a crazy person. But yeah, yeah. I can have him wear like the the Tommy Runs shirt that I got from you, the cotton tee with no, the big, the big face. Yeah, no, he'll probably die. That's I, a big shirt. Gonna die. That's, 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 that's picking the winner. That shirt is is a, is a solid shirt. I think we should have a training talk live where everyone comes wearing a vintage um, road race cotton tee because I am team vin uh, cotton tee for for races. I. The, over the weekend, I found an old Portland Marathon uh, race shirt that was in great condition at a vintage store. And I'm just like, see, none of the like synthetic blended shirts we get these days are still going to be around in 35 years. But this thing's a thing of beauty. So, Is that the all... cherry blossom one that you're wearing now? Uh, no, this is uh, make-believe. This is, uh, oh. is Tracksmith. Oh, a make-believe yeah. race shirt. Well, it's a make-believe throwback, you know. It's like a make I was, was going to say, could we use tracks with throwbacks? As like, uh, as <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing a time trial next Saturday. Hopefully, oh. the weather, hopefully the a mile time trial Whoa. with other people. Uh, you know, uh, Zach Ornell Ornellis. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He he messaged me. I don't know if he was just like stunting on me or something. He's like, hey. If you ever need to run a, you know, you ever want to do like a, a run a, fi a sub five minute mile, I'll pace you whenever. Just give me a couple of days so I can, you know, know what to do with the kid. Not 
give me a few days so I'd, I'd be ready to run with you. He's like, just give me a few days and I'll, I'll pace you. And I'm like, number one, I guess, sure, whatever, I'll die doing it. But it's just like, I got to take up with the opportunity. I got to try it out. He sent me the same one, but it was for a sub nine minute mile. <laughs> Zach, Zach is a great guy and he's one of those yeah, guys who doesn't mean to try to, like his stories only make sense when he, he let slip like, well, I met him on the USA trail team and you're like, okay, Zach. All right. Oh, like, yeah, you know, dang. there's you like, you're, but you realize he's really not trying to brag. He's just explaining his stories. And you're like, no, I mean, you know, when you're fast, you're fast, you know? Yeah. He, he's ripping. All right. Um, that's fun, man. I can't wait to hear about it. Oh, you know, yeah. You'll see about it in here. All right. Good stuff. All right. So over on Relay, we'll be, I think Stephanie and I are going to record, record, record coaches, record coaches okay. corner very soon. Uh, also, next week is book club. So if you haven't picked that book up, uh, we did post about it on Instagram and we posted yeah, about it. Is it June 12th? Uh, I believe it's the 17th. Oh, is it? Okay. I'll double check and we'll. We should send out a because I um actually that's a great reminder. Where I know we're at the end of this hour, we should post about. We should share it to the Patreon community because I think Steph, the author, is going to be able to join us. Um, she's in Hawaii, so, and you know has a whole life. So you're right. It's Monday, said, June seventh, July seventeenth. You're right. July seventeenth. Yeah, and Steph uh, Cadadel, the author. I, I avoid saying her last name because I can't remember if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but um. Yeah, she has said she might try to join us, so that could be great. It will be great, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, and if people are, are curious about um, Steph or don't know a lot about her, she was on Allie on the Runs show this yeah. week. So if you're listening to this, you probably already subscribed to that, but that might be a good primer if someone's interested. Um, and that obviously would be a very different conversation because her, it was her just talking to Allie versus more of the book club format, but that might be a good primer for people, even if they haven't read the book, to just kind of jump in um, after that. So, So, all right, everybody, you thanks for joining us. All six of us should be like, hey, we're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Seven of us, like, what's up? Okay.